Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. I want to just kind of transition um, into that topic tonight. We've been preparing for the new year, um, and, and Pastor always makes big deal out of the new year and um, you know a lot of people make a big deal out of the new year and um, in December it seems like every year I guess uh, you know it seems like people they always start reflecting on the past year as, as we get past Thanksgiving and, and they kind of get a lot of mileage out of the Christmas season well then they start uh, talking about the biggest developments of the past year. And so I did just a little uh, research here and, and on, in, in Google, um, some of the biggest developments in, um, in searching online and the most activity for the year 2018 was uh, number 10, the government shutdown. Nobody really excited about that. Uh, number 8, now you'll get excited, the royal wedding. Uh, number 6, Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court confirmation. Number 3, Drum roll, the Mega Millions jackpot. Um, and, and I was a little surprised. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm not enough uh, sports fan, but number one, the World Cup. Apparently, uh, more people than ever were researching the World Cup. Uh, 3.4 billion people watched the event. Nearly half of the world's population somehow tuned in to watch the, uh, the World Cup. But then, you know, everybody has to get a little airtime somewhere, so uh, they have the biggest sports stories. Uh, got next attention then. So, uh, the biggest sports stories of 2018. So, that was the Red Sox won the World Series. Number eight, number four, Tiger Woods won another golf tournament. Number three, Ohio State suspended Urban Meyer and then he announced his retirement. And number one, LeBron joined the Lakers. So, it says plenty, plenty of, if you, if you want to get some airtime, you, you got to come up with some cool reflections. But, you know, that can only go so far. And then after quite a few people do that, then we have to start looking to the next year. So we get all we can out of last year. And then after we kind of wear that out, then we start looking to the next year. So we look to 2019. So then the shift, uh, the focus shifts to um, predictions. Well, what's going to happen in 2019? So um, actually, uh, in just doing a quick Google search there, um, <laughs> You know, you can find a lot of predictions for 2019 if you need to know what's going to happen. They have a 2019 predictions by renowned psychic. Uh, the 2019 Oscar nominations, uh, the predictions there. Man claiming to be time traveler makes predictions. And I didn't, really, I didn't search really hard to get to this. It's just an easy Google search about predictions for 2019. So, uh, prediction about the Super Bowl odds. 107 predictions for 2019, 31 tech predictions for 2019, five important artificial intelligence predictions. So there are predictions uh, about everything. But I'm just talking about, in case you didn't pick up on this yet, I'm talking about the year. We talked about 2018. Some people wanted to talk a lot about that. They shifted. They talked about 2019. But when we, uh, there was New Year's, Eve and New Year's Day, and we had that transition, and some people make a big deal out of New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. So 
I did the little research there. Some of these are traditions I'm pretty familiar with, but uh, New Year's uh, traditions, make resolutions. Eat black-eyed peas and cabbage. Pray. Toast with a drink. Countdown and kiss at midnight. So, the changing of the new year is a, a big deal. Actually, God put a lot of significance on the new year. In uh, Leviticus 25, we see that the children of Israel were taught about the new year uh, of the Sabbath. And, um, and, and so in, in Leviticus 25, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses. And, and I'm talking about the new year here tonight. God thinks a new year is important. Somebody would say, well, at, at life point, y'all make a big deal out of the new year. And we have New Year's thing. And pastor tries to build this all up. Is all this really necessary? Well, God said the uh, Sabbath year was pretty important. In Leviticus 25, he said, And the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then the land which shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard. And gather its fruit. But in the seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. What grows on its own accord of your harvest, you shall not reap nor gather the grapes of your untended vine, for it is a year of rest for the land. It seems to me that God thinks years are important. And I want to talk a good bit more about the year tonight. In uh, Leviticus 25, verse 8. And you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, and the time of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be to you forty-nine years. So this goes from like generation to generation. We're talking about forty-nine years here. Then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land, and you shall consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possession, and each of you shall return to his family. That fiftieth year shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows on its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine, for it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you. So, we know that the new year is important to Dominic. And we know that the new year is important to God. Um, what about you? What does the new year mean to you? And I want us to pause and spend a little time thinking about that tonight and, and analyzing that. To some people who receive your checks monthly, the new year means 12 more checks. To others, 26 more checks. To others, 52 checks. Or maybe to uh, some of those of you in school, um, one less year until you graduate. And you can move into the real world. Uh, to football fans, at least 10 wins for the LSU Tigers. Uh, and for Saints fans, uh, another, super, uh, another missed call. Uh, for racing fans... 21 more Formula One races. We got some guys in the back back here. 17 more Indy races. 38 more NASCAR races. Got a few fans over here. To the elderly, maybe another year of life. I'm just trying to keep it real tonight. What, what does the year mean to us? What does the year mean to me? Well, 
You know, I know uh, sometimes we think this year will probably not be any different than my last year. Any different than what's what I've seen for the last, unfortunately, when you get to be my age, you can start talking in groups of years or, or decades. But, you know, um, after January, we'll be back to our old routines. We'll just live life. Uh, we'll forget that it's a do, different year. It's just, you know, it'll be 2019. Sometimes we'll forget to change the number and start writing 19. But I direct you briefly to the book of Genesis, Genesis 5 and 6. There was a man named Noah. And back in that day, people lived uh, very long lives. Noah lived 500 years. Uh, I suppose January 1 of that 500th year, Noah probably just kind of felt like we do. He said, well, you know, next year I'll be 501. It was a pretty good year. Uh, just another year. But actually, when Noah was around 525 years old, God spoke to him and said, Noah, I have found favor in you. Build an ark to save the world. And though it had never rained, and, no, and though Noah had no idea what an ark was or how it worked, he built one. And he preserved the human race at God's request when it began to rain and it flooded the world when Noah was 600 years old. So I'm just, I'm just trying to get your attention tonight. In case we think we're just cruising through life and we've passed over January 1st and we got over our fast and now we're on to the rest of the world, I don't think so. Uh, I encourage you tonight, just because you believe that the last several years have not been exciting or they have not been important, or that you wanted them to just get over and pass. Don't overlook 2019. I want to talk about 2019 tonight. Jeff Harpole informed us a couple weeks ago that he was ordered by God to stand in this pulpit right here. Pardon me, I don't want to be boastful, but I'm ordered by God to stand in this pulpit here. I believe that God sent me here to tell you this is a different year. I believe he told me to come tell you that you'll have different opportunities. If you want to, you'll get different results. If you want to, you'll be somebody different. If you make the decision, this year will not be like any other for you. That's what I hope that you can leave this place with tonight. In the future, when you look back, I hope you will say, the year was 2019. And our media team helped me with a little banner here. Um, and, and that's what I want to, to, to preach about just for a few minutes here. The year was 2019. I'm hoping, and, and you know, I, I pastor uh, in the last couple of weeks, he has um, told me several things, uh, told us several things that confirmed to me what God had begun speaking to me about. And pastor said right over here within the last week, he said, I believe somebody next year you're going to look back and say, wow, God did some great things that year. That's what I'm talking to you about tonight. The year was 2019. So actually I was working on this sermon for about the past month and um. And, and I, I, God was speaking to me. I was getting different pieces of this along the way. But, you know, I just thought that's what God wants me to go tell the people. I didn't understand all the full significance. But actually it was this past Monday night. And I've been enjoying these Monday night prayers so much. They've been amazing. But this past Monday at community prayer, 
pastor recounted the plans that he had laid out for the first part of the year. And he said, uh, you know, he wanted us to seek freedom. And he wanted to be, us to be free of depression and distractions and weights and addictions and bad habits and negative influences. And we've seen God do amazing things. You know, I commend pastor for, uh, for leading us into that. Pastor stood here a few weeks ago and he told us about spirits that come against us. And, and he, was, he was bold. He said, you know, sometimes we just think we're not doing very good. Or we're just lazy or we're just distracted. We've got to be real. The spirits come around us and the devil does not want us to succeed. The devil wants to put weights on you. The devil wants to destroy your marriage. He does not want you to see, to see you raise your children to be successful. But pastor was bold and he led us into that. And we know those scriptures in the Bible where Jesus said some things only come out. They tried to cast out demons from somebody. It wouldn't work. They prayed for people and he said some things only come through fasting and prayer. But pastor has led us to conquer those spirits and to rebuke them and get them out of our life. And then this past Monday... He noted, we've seen God do all this thing. And so many have been free. But then he admonished us to fill those spaces. He said, use that time freed up by those changes with good habits, good ideas, energy, and positive influences. And it was in that moment there that I realized, why God did order me to come here and speak to you about this tonight. December 23rd, I decided I was going to come here and speak to you about the year was 2019. Now I understand God has led us to this place. We have purged our lives. We have gotten rid of distractions, habits, uh, negative influences. And pastor said, now it's time to fill those places with good habits and to start doing um, good things and look for things that we can spend our time and our energy on and see what God wants us to do. So if you would allow me for the next few minutes, I want to get just a little bit more personal. I'm in generic here. I've been talking about uh, big picture things and what people do around the world with New Year's, but I believe God wants us to talk about 2019. I believe that someone in this place, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying now to start challenging you, I believe someone here is going to catch a glimpse of the potential that 2019 holds for you. If you take advantage of it, and unfortunately, if you don't take advantage of it, what 2019 might hold for you. If you don't catch this enough, if you don't focus and stake your claim tonight, 2019 could also be a really significant year for you. So let's, uh, let's launch into this. The year was 1973. I became a teenager. Okay, well let's get some easy ones now. The year was uh, 1975. Okay, that's an easy one. 1975. I got my driver's license. The world will never be the same again. I'm talking about some important years here. The year was 1979. I graduated from high school and moved to Baton Rouge to attend school. And that's also the year I met my amazing wife, Phyllis Butler. So I'm just trying to get your attention here by talking about some years. We're talking about 2019, but 1979 was pretty big for me. The year was 1980. That was not long after I came to Baton Rouge. And then student pastor Barry Sutton, um, and, and, and I've told some of you these things before, 
pardon me if you've heard this before, but student pastor Barry Sutton was uh, leading a youth service on a Friday night at Baptist Church. And when he was nearing the end of that, he was trying to challenge us. And he challenged me. And he took a pad that looked exactly like this one right here, and he laid it out on the altar. And he said, we're going to join in prayer. And he had the hours written out on that, and he had 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, all through the day. And he said, come down here if you want to sign up and join with us. We're all joining together in prayer. And if you want to be a part of this team, if you want to make a difference, sign up right here. I'm so glad that somehow I made my way down to the front that night and I signed up to pray at 5 a.m. every day. Pastor, student pastor Barry Sutton is no longer a student pastor there. He's now the leader of New Life Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Barry Sutton, I hope you hear this sermon. You've made a difference in my life. That was 1980. I stand before you tonight to tell you that that was... I believe the most important decision I ever made in my life to this day. When I signed up to pray at that 5 a.m. hour, I'm still praying at 5 a.m. every day. So at this time, I challenge you to begin thinking about before you leave here tonight. And and I'm going to talk about several topics, um, but I'll just be straightforward with you. I want every person in this building to make a decision as you sit here tonight about what you're going to do with 2019. I want you to identify at least one thing that 2019 will forever be remembered for. Can I say to you that you will become free indeed if you do choose something that you'll remember 2019 for? Because I made the decision in 1980 to commit every day to God in that prayer hour, before I leave the house, I am free from worrying about what my day holds. After speaking with God in that morning, I know that He already knows about everything that will happen to me that day. And I know that nothing can happen to me unless He allows it to. I suggest that some of you consider making this what you will remember about 2019. Maybe next year when you look back, or maybe, wow, I don't even want to say how long that, ago that was for me in 1980, but when you look back, what will you remember 2019 for? If you choose to make that the year that you do bring your prayer life up to the next level, that was the year that you determined not to leave your house and go out into the world until you checked in with God and asked Him to go in front of you and behind you and walk beside you throughout the day. And perhaps someone may decide to go just one step further and pray with your family and lay hands on your spouse and children and invoke the most powerful name in the world over them before they go out so that they'll have a, a day of progress and power and blessing and success. I happen to believe that, and I told you that was probably the most important decision I ever made in my life. That's a bold statement when a guy as old as I am. But it's pretty simple. You know, if, if I tell you um, the creator of the universe, he's dropping by your house tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock, I want to be there. Shame on me if he drops in one day and I'm not there. 
He might drop in with my gift one morning and I'm not there. I don't want to do that. The year was 1984. Phyllis gave birth to our precious daughter, Brittany. She's still bringing joy to us 34 years later. And she happens to be the mother of three of the most amazing grandchildren ever. Just talking about some other big years. 1980, 1984. The year was 1988. I realized that even though I had been working in banking for five years and had reached the level of assistant vice president of the bank, my awesome wife would work to support us and take care of our daughter and allow me to return to school full time for three years to study law. That was 1988. Pretty big year, huh? The year was 1992. Phyllis gave birth to our precious son, Brennan, who's gotten me involved in activities during the last 26 years I simply did not know old guys could get involved in. <laughs> and who happens to be surprising us each year with the things that he is doing and the way that God's moving in his life and in his family. Just keeping it real, the year was 1995. Up to that time, I identified previous years with achievements, milestones, victories, and excitement. And never did I know until July 1995 that that year would be remembered as the year that my dear mother died at the very young age of 53. I do not at all wish to bring sadness to anyone, but who knows what we're guaranteed of. I'm just trying to focus our attention first. We're going to get more specific on this in a moment, but I just want to bring your attention to the significance of a year. The year was 1996. Phyllis and I have been so blessed in many ways in the first 14 years of our marriage. By then, we had well seen the awesome power of God and the mercy of God. But at that point in time, we were not seeing it in our lives on a consistent basis like we wanted to. And there were a few of those years um, that I talked about in some of my prior sermons that you've heard. And it just didn't seem like God was listening really at all. And He didn't really hear me. And he didn't quite get what was going on. But at that point in time, uh, our pastor, thank God for him, he talked a lot about Deuteronomy 28. And again, I've, I've talked to some of you about this. Forgive me if, if you've heard this before, but our pastor talked about Deuteronomy 28. And so we, had, we knew how powerful God was. We knew how merciful he was. But we just didn't quite have the consistency, and he was just leaving. He was a little bit too silent for us. And so we called a family meeting. And we, uh, we lived over on Woodland Ridge uh, Boulevard, and we called a family meeting, and we just said, we've got to get a hold of God. And so we sat down in our living room, and actually uh, we had this, my favorite Thompson Chain Bible right here. That's pretty much worn out now. Mandy likes Bibles. We do. Uh, I own that. I pulled this one out just so I could bring it to you tonight. In this very Bible right here, the year was 1996. Right. Phyllis and I had two children, and we had a, a life. We had jobs. We had debt. We had a lot of stuff going on, and we needed more, more action from God. And we sat down in our living room. We turned over to Deuteronomy 28 that we had heard so much about. And if you haven't read this chapter, I believe most of you have, but please do. Please read this chapter. 
Deuteronomy 28 says, And it came to pass, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all His commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now I'm not going to read that entire chapter. I'm going to ask you to go do that. But when we had that meeting, we said, I've got to learn. I don't know what this hearken means. And I intentionally asked them to pull up uh, King James Version. This was the King James Version I had right here. We didn't have, I wasn't reading New King James or anything else then. But, you know, I was wanting to make sure I got it right. It was 1996 was an important year for me. I needed to, to touch God. I want to make sure I got it right. And I said, we're going to learn what hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God means. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I don't really know what that means, but we're going to find out. And I'm just here to tell you, that when we became really focused and more passionate about praying and about reading the Word and about going all in for God's work, we began to see blessings like we had only heard of before. And God began to use us in a totally new way. And He's continued to use us and bless us in an amazing way through this day. So this chapter right here, I, I, I'm passionate about this. I, I'm sorry, I just can't leave it without telling you a little bit about it. But this is the source of many of the verses that you hear Pastor talking about when he's running around and he's giving one-liners and he says, you're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be above only. You're not going to be beneath. That's all in this verse right here. So very, very powerful scripture. But I'm just going to give you a couple more comments. In verse 1 it says, And it shall come to pass that thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God. These things are going to happen. And we made it our point to learn how to hearken. And I challenge, that might be what somebody does in 2019 is learn to hearken. But for the first 14 verses in that chapter, it's just blessing. You're going to be the head, not the tail. You're going to be above only. People will come after you one way and they'll leave seven ways. It's good stuff for 14 verses. And then in verse 15, it says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all these things, then some other stuff is going to happen and I believe it is 53 verses of curses in the rest of that chapter that you're going to have to deal with if you do not learn how to hearken. So I'm getting too deep in here, but I'm trying to find some things that you might want to consider filling these spaces with in 2019. If you got a fresh heart, if God has removed some distractions and some addictions and some, some, some evil situations you're in, if you're looking for something good to do, I'm talking about praying every day. Sister Shana was making a difference up here. When these people are so powerful up here, I can't, every time I speak, I have to talk about that. It's so important to me when I come into this house and I'm able to enter into the presence of the Lord and worship. And that facilitates me doing that. But just in case we forget the hours that they spend practicing up here, that's not all that's about. These ladies right on here, these musicians, I don't think it's all about how many hours they spend practicing. I think it's a lot about how many hours they spend praying too. And you heard not too long ago that Sister Shana, um, somebody said she was making a difference and asked her what she had been doing differently. And Nick came forward and, and um, told the truth on her. She had a new prayer life. And she was spending more time in prayer than she had ever been doing before. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I just want to take your time tonight and I want to talk to you about... 
What can happen in 2019? As I was pulling out my old Thompson chain reference uh, and, and preparing to talk about 1996, this pamphlet right here fell out. And it's a um, Bible reading in Rich's Any Day, the bread pamphlet from 2006. It so happens that 10 years later, I read the Bible through and, and marked it off on here. This is not about me tonight. I'm just trying to tell you what God wants to do for you in 2019. So I'm just challenging you. Is it that you need to go another step higher in your prayer life? Do you need to go deeper in reading the Word? I'll just suggest to you that the second most important thing I have done in my life was that very day when we determined that we were going to learn to hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And we, we began to read the Bible. And I don't know how many times I've read the Bible since then. Now we have a U version. It's a whole lot better. But I'm, I'm getting personal now. Um, and, and just so um, I don't want anybody in here to get too comfortable. Uh, and I know I've been talking a lot about myself. Forgive me. But I'm finished talking about myself. Now I'm going to start talking about you. So the year was 2006. Donovan and Valerie answered the call of God in the decision to move to Prairieville and start Life Point Church. That's the year was 2006. I'm just telling you about important years tonight. And in 2007, Russell McIntyre was handed a flyer by Life Point member Phil at a gas station. You've heard some of these stories. And about an Easter service that they were about to have on the state fairgrounds. And so basically, we've, we've heard a lot about what happened in the fairgrounds. It was very cold that day. But the thing, that, that, that was a funny story. I like it. I like to hear them. They, they seem like we're going to get to hear it a lot more because they like telling it too. But the thing I know that happened that day was somehow Russell caught the vision. Phil was passing out the flyer. Russell got a flyer, and he couldn't resist coming around. And since 2007, he hasn't been able to resist coming around. And God's been blessing his life. Ever since that time, in amazing ways, uh, most recently, he was, um, wow, Cassandra just came along, and now things just seem to be getting better and better for him. The year was 2007. So, if we're looking for something to remember 2019 for, perhaps, if you're already deep in prayer, and you're already deep in reading the Word, maybe somebody might develop their flyer ministry. Sounds kind of funny. Russell don't think it's funny at all. The year was 2011. Karen Murphy and Logan moved to Life Point. Karen wasn't really casual about this. Every time that the church was open, Karen was here. This was not long after I came to Life Point. But Karen also found it necessary to bring her 12-year-old son, Logan, to church every time she came. And she made the decision that there was nothing more important than bringing Logan into the house and involving him in every program that they had at LifePoint. Some of you know Logan. He happens to just be one of the main musicians that was playing here. He happens to play electric guitar and bass. He happens to be going to college. He has to be, happens to have a call on his life and God's sending him places and doing things with him. To my, today, tonight, someone may just catch the vision that 2019 might be the year that you decide to attend church every time they have church. You might decide to get your child involved in every activity. 
And we have a wonderful young couple that's been joining us here, uh, Heather and Rob. They have their little child, Christian. They want him to be involved in everything here. They can look at this family and see the end result of that. The year was 2012. I better speed up. The clock's ticking. Ron and Denise Storr decided that they wanted to bring their family to a higher place. On their first visit to LifePoint on a Sunday morning, the entire family sat right on the second pew right over here. Most of you know Ron. I saw this big man cry like a little baby. <laughs> the family came in that day. I don't think they, they may not have missed the service since that time. But they assessed their talents and they considered their opportunities to get involved and help build the kingdom of God. And after discovered life, each member went to work. Over the last six years, I don't think there is a single job at LifePoint that I have not seen this family doing. From serving on the five-star team, getting greeting and parking and working with facilities and systems and running sound and media and taking charge of the baptistry and the lights and moving tables and serving and doing everything they can to make this a place where hurting people can come and be loved on. That was 2012. And I just paused to tell you tonight if maybe you haven't decided yet what you're going to look back on and remember 2019, consider the store plan. There you go. The store family just moved into their new home. Now they have a new ministry. They host events in their new home. They invite people over so they can love on them in their new home. And we'll see what God is up to. So some of you, you may wonder why it is that every time we start worshiping around here, Denise can't seem to stay in her seat. She thinks she's got to get out in the aisle. Some, most of the time she thinks she's got to come all the way down to the front. The year was 2012. The store family will never be the same. The year was 2016. <clears throat> Pastor Donald challenged every member at LifePoint to up your worship. He said, if you have not tried clapping your hands, try it. If you clap your hands, well, raise your hand. If you raise one hand, raise two. If you raise your hands... Well, try standing. If you stand, try jumping. If you jump, try running. I'm not making this up. That's what he said. And so many of you heeded what he said. I heeded what he said. I have up my worship. And I'm still upping it. I'm still going to do it some more. But I personally accepted that challenge. And I'm just encouraging you. Maybe the year 2019. You know, this is about freedom. This is about being free indeed. Perhaps somebody doesn't really worship, and I preached a sermon a few years ago on worship, and I don't want to try to re-preach that, but wow, there's a lot of scripture about worship. David knew how to worship. David danced with all of his might. I'm not quite there yet. I'm getting closer. I believe I'm going to get there. Maybe 2019 may be the year. And actually 2016 was a doubly great year. Wayne and Marion came into LifePoint. You know, the, the interesting thing uh, as I was, and I've been thinking about this sermon for about a month, so as I would pass by people, I'd say, when did you come to LifePoint? Knowing, knowing that I was going to be talking to them. And the funny thing is, 
I asked Wayne, I said, when did y'all come to LifePoint? October of 2016. I asked Ron, when did y'all come to LifePoint? March 18, 2012. Do you think I'm overplaying this situation about the date and the year and the difference this can make? 2012 will forever be important to that man and his family and all the families that they reach. So Wayne and Marion came in. They devoted themselves to serving, loving, and helping in every way possible. That These people have met needs and, and developed new programs and, and brought our service to a new level that we didn't even know existed and that we know we needed. Thank you, Wayne and Marion, for what you've done for LifePoint. And I was telling Wayne how happy we were that he came to join LifePoint and he said, well, no, we're so happy that we came. It, it's changed our life. We'll, we'll never be the same. That was 2016. I'm just, I'm hastening, but I'm talking about 2019. Behind me, there is, uh, actually, uh, I'll go ahead and try to really follow what I'm preaching here tonight. Why don't you all come down to the front? And as I said early on, I want to challenge every one of you to, uh, to, to decide something that you're going to focus on for this year. Um, and, and I know this, someone might think this is elementary. I'm talking about basic concepts. I, I didn't feel quite at, at, uh, comfortable to dive into, uh, I'm using some uh, pastor language here, to dive into revelations. Um, so I'm going to leave that for passive. I'm talking about some basic stuff, but I'm talking about some stuff, prayer, fasting, worship, coming into the house of God, but I'm talking about some things that made difference in the lives of these people and that's changed them forever. But in case uh, someone is saying tonight, I really don't think I can do that. That all sounds interesting, Anthony. You're probably right, but I've never been able to do anything like that. You mentioned a lot of different things. It's all kind of confusing to me. Uh, and it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff. You know, it's, it's hard to do all that. And I'll just tell you about a little story that I heard just in the recent few weeks that's made such a, an impact on me. But I heard about uh, a lion. We all are generally familiar with a lion, but a lion is one of the most fearless and aggressive animals of the jungle. A very beautiful animal and one that's very agile. A lion can run 50 miles per hour and leap 36 feet. A lion can quite easily catch, kill, and eat field mice. And I believe we have a pick of a lion. The mouse is a bit fun to chase. And actually, we were looking for a mouse. We couldn't find one. This is a, a very small warthog. And I'm sorry for if this offends some of you. But the mouse is a bit fun to chase and a quite tasty treat for the lion. And while field mice are very quick, they're small, they can't lunge. And they can't attack like a lion. So it's not hard for a lion to catch a, a field mouse. Yet a field mouse, while very tasty to a lion, is not a large trophy. In fact, a field mouse would actually be more like an appetizer for a lion. Again, excuse me. And if we get right down to it, the energy that a lion uses to catch and kill and eat a mouse is greater than the energy the lion gets from eating the mouse. So lions also, they can run fast and they can launch, they can jump and they can capture large animals. 
So I'm just talking to you tonight. In the real world, you and I every day feel mice play in front of us all the time. We're tempted to chase them. When there's an email in my inbox, I have to read it. I have to do something with it. I can't just leave it there. Even though it's probably not very important, I have to do something with it. And to all of us, in, in our, our backdrop here, I'm bringing this so close. Um, we've cleaned out some things out of our lives. We're trying to fill it. That void can so easily be replaced with little mice running around. When a, when a lion is there resting and a little field mice comes by, a little field mouse goes by, he's so tempted to just go chase that mouse. But he'll use up so much energy chasing that mouse and he'll get distracted and he might be doing that for two hours. And the short of that little story is if a lion spends too much time chasing field mice, he will slowly starve to death. If you and I spend too much time chasing little things that entertain us, they might not even be really bad things, but they're just not good things. If you and I spend too much time chasing little things that cross our path and that would distract us and addict us and burden us, we will slowly starve to death. I'm just telling you tonight, I, I have cleaned out some things out of my life. I've gotten rid of some bad habits. I've got a fresh start. I've got power. I've got focus. I've got direction. I'm avoiding distractions. If there's something, a little mouse running across the field, there's nothing wrong, but there's nothing wrong with that. But it's distracting to the lion, and it can cause him to eventually starve to death. I will not let that happen to me. So behind me tonight is a banner that the media team put together for me. And I just wanted you to see these words as I was speaking tonight, because I want you to remember those words. The year was 2019. And as we said, I want you to be able to look back and say, that's the year. I remember 1980. I remember 1996. Ron remembers 2012. Wayne and Marion remember 2016. You will remember 2019 if you make that decision tonight that you're going to accept my challenge. I also wanted you to see this tree here. In case you didn't recognize it yet, that is Seven Sisters Oak. One acorn went into the ground. One acorn went into the ground and it was watered and it sprouted and it continued to grow each year. And now that one acorn is the largest certified southern live oak tree. It's located over in Mandeville. It's 1,500 years old. The year was 519. Yeah, not 19, not 2000. It was 519. The year was 519 when an acorn made its way into the ground right there. I'm just talking about planting a seed. Something we can do in 2019 that might make a difference in our life, in our family's life, and in the lives of so many more people. So, this Seven Sisters Oak happens to be 1,500 years old. It's 35 feet in circumference around the base. Its crown spread is approximately 140 feet, almost a half football field wide across the top of that tree. And I don't know whether a farmer planted that tree, a, a, a plantation owner, or maybe just 
You know, sometimes us guys that like hanging out in the woods or playing outside, we see under an acorn tree sometimes it's just hundreds of acorns and you can just, they'll just roll and go forever. Maybe just one acorn went into that spot naturally. But I'm just pointing out to you that one acorn made this difference right here. The year was 519. Not 2019, but 519. This reminded me of a time when I was a very young boy. My great uncle came driving up to our house one day and he had a VW VW bug. And uh, he drove up in here one Saturday morning and we went out there and he had a five gallon pail in the front seat of his bug. And in that pail he had it filled with dirt and he had two little trees growing in there. And he had planted two acorns separately and he had two trees growing. And my dad planted those two trees at our house. And we don't have that house anymore, but I drive through that subdivision when I go back to Vidalia and they have a really large oak tree in the backyard and a really large oak tree in the front yard. So I was just trying to tell you, if you make the decision today to plant that seed, you'll remember 2019. I believe that's where we are at LifePoint. We had an amazing January, but we have 11 months to go. And I believe God's going to do some really, really uh, amazing things. And I'm, I'm hastening to conclusion. Uh, I, I want you to be preparing. Um, Sister Shane is going to sing again for us just momentarily. And I just want everybody to focus on that one thing. And, and if you can get into two or three of these, that's great. But I don't want you to chase mice this year. I want you to focus on nailing one thing that's going to make a difference in your life. But in closing tonight, and I, I scratched parts of this out and I wanted to scratch all of it out, but if you would allow me to, I don't want to mention the year on this last story. I'm going to tell you, and I don't want to mention the family. Because this family came in and they got involved. They came to church. They went to Discover Life. They went, got involved. They went to the class. They did things. But they didn't stick with it. And along the way, they stopped going. And they thought their children needed exposure to other things. And this family made the decision that they would no longer serve God. I don't know where that family is right now, but they're not serving God. They're not in church. I I can't tell you where the children are going to wind up. And again, I'm sorry to be so heavy. But I'm just telling you, the year was 2019. I hope you accept the challenge and choose one of these important things to fill your year with. 2019 can be a historic year for you, and you will remember it for the rest of your life. Or 2019 might be a historic year for you in another way, and you might remember it for the rest of your life. So, sorry to be so happy. I just ask you, let's, let's make a commitment tonight. I hope you've identified something that you want to focus on this year and as Shana sings for us commit that to God pray about that and and tell God that 2019 is a year that you don't have to do this is not like it's really hard don't think you're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting all year you just got to make the decision and apply yourself and God's going to do the rest so do that right now as we continue thank you for joining us today we hope you were blessed For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.